Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Welcome to episode 168 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is Christina Simmons, your host, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join me because today I'm talking about how can we really celebrate Easter to the full? Because I think so often it's kind of like, you know, a birthday, you know, that a big birthday, like some, you know, 50 birthday, 50th birthday or 30th, whatever. And there's like a big buildup and, you know, there's big party and everything, or even like a wedding. Um, and all of this preparation, everything goes in. And <clears throat> then we get to that day and we have a great time and it's wonderful, but then we're kind of, eh afterwards. And the fact is, is that Lent is kind of like all that buildup. We spend six weeks intense coming at Easter so that we really can celebrate. And usually we do a pretty good job along the Triduum, Easter Vigil, Easter, but then it kind of fades after, especially after the octave, right? And Divine Mercy Sunday. And now we're into, you know, moving into uh, Easter season and one of the big things I wanted to do was focus upon how can we continue to celebrate the Easter season to the full. So I hope that you enjoy this, uh, especially the food for the head, heart, hands, and feet to help you do exactly that. And I'll see you on the flip side. Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and I'm so glad that you're here, particularly so that you can receive all the food for the head, heart, hands, and feet that you need to be able to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey to holiness as you become the saint that God created you to be. So if that sounds good, and if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit the notifications button. That's that bell icon in the bottom right. And if you're listening on the podcast platform, whatever it is, particularly if you're listening on Spotify, do me a favor and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks so much. And let's begin with our food for the head. So we are in the midst of the Easter season. So how is it that we might be able to continue to live out the fullness of the joy and to live that abundant life? And Mother Teresa of Calcutta gives us some insight into that. She tells us, keep the joy of loving God in your heart and share this joy with all you meet, especially your family. Be holy. So just one of the things that just kind of touches my heart in that, you know, small little quote from St. Mother Teresa is the fact of she tells us 
be holy. And although it's H-O-L-Y, the fact is, is that we have to strive to be whole, W-H-O-L-E. This is one of the most important things that we can do in order to help us keep that joy of loving God in our hearts and being able to share that joy with everyone we meet. And we have to keep this in mind. We have to keep this forefront in our thoughts. And why is that? Because we need to remember in the midst of maybe a really bad day or a really bad week or a bad month or even a bad year, we remember that we are loved, that God loved us so much. He sent his only begotten son so that we might have eternal life and be with him for all eternity. This is the essence of the Easter season, what we're celebrating, but in particular, it's the essence of the Christian life. We need to always keep our why, our mission before us. And what is the mission? Well, if we're remembering this, then we remember that our mission is the one that Jesus himself gave to us when we were baptized. And if you were an infant and you don't remember, your parents made this promise for you. But the fact is, is that we know what it is because he gives it to us. He gives it to his apostles. He gives it to his disciples. That's all of us. When he tells us, go out into the world, proclaim the good news and baptize everyone in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to be his instruments. We are his priests. We are his prophets and we are his kings. We are his stewards of love and mercy and joy and peace and goodness and beauty and truth in the world. This is how we accomplish the mission. When we keep that primary mission in mind, then we realize that all that we do, we say, we think, it needs to be focused on this so that we can be focusing upon in our daily life the things that truly matter. The things that truly matter are the things that help us come to encounter, know, love, and be loved by Jesus. And as we do this, then we are going to be that same person, that same conduit, for those in our lives, particularly our family. I know that all of us have people in our lives. I do, especially, you know, and it breaks your heart, especially when family isn't close with Jesus. When they've decided that, ah, I've checked it out and it, it's wanting and it's lacking and it doesn't do anything for me and so glad it works for you, but it's not for me. But the fact is, is that when we are living lives of purpose and peace and we're living it as we were created to live it, then we are inspiring and encouraging others to do the same. And it might not be that we see this going on. It might be that our children are still away from the faith, that they're still not coming to mass, they're still not coming back to the sacraments, that they're going off and they're living a life which is actually an, you know, antith antithesis to the Christian life. But the fact is, is that the Holy Spirit is working in everyone's heart and we have to do our part. And how do we do that? We do that by following St. Mother Teresa's advice to hold on to the joy of loving God in our hearts, but particularly in our minds, 
so that we can share that joy with everyone we meet. When people ask you the reason for your faith, why is it that you're a Christian? Tell them. Share with them that being loved by Jesus and loving him makes all the difference in the world. It means that I don't see all of the evil, all of the terrible things in such a way that I think that there is no hope. I know that there's hope. It doesn't mean that I'm naive and I'm ignoring these things, but rather I see that goodness and truth and beauty is possible in the midst, in spite of these things. This is what we're rejoicing about in the Easter season. This is how we are able to continue to be able to live a life of abundance, to become whole, W-H-O-L-E, ourselves, as we are becoming holy, H-O-L-Y, because of God's grace, because of his love for us. And this is what should be bringing us joy. But many times we get caught up again in all the everyday life and all the things that really distract us from being able to keep this in mind, to keep this in our heads, and then we'll begin to lose hope. And then we realize, oh my gosh, where's my faith? Lord, increase our faith. Get out there and share the love, particularly with those that you love most. Do it in small ways. Do it in reaching out, in showing concern and care. And when they ask you why, say, because I love you, but even more importantly, because Jesus loves you. And because Jesus loves you, I love you even more. Our food for the heart comes from the school of love and their daily reflections that they shared. And so this is what they used as a reflection. Thomas is a wonderful representation of the modern educated man. He must see and touch, have proof through his senses before he believes. This is how we have been falsely taught to think today. We have been taught that we must prove everything through the scientific method, and that if we can't prove something by testing it, then it cannot be real, or knowable, or reliable. This lie is harmful to education, but worse, it's harmful to souls. Often the most important things cannot be tested, but they are indeed very real. Jesus is very gentle with Thomas. He lets Thomas put his hands in his wounds. So Thomas believes. Jesus is also very gentle with us. He lets us touch him in the Eucharist. All the sacraments have a physical component as well as a spiritual one. Through them, we experience Christ with our senses. The resurrection also is not just a spiritual event. It is both a physical and a spiritual event. God isn't just saving our souls, but also our bodies. Nevertheless, we need to grow as comfortable in the spiritual realm, the realm of things not seen, as we are in the physical realm where we can see, taste, and touch. For Jesus says, quote, Blessed are those who have not seen 
and have believed. So why is this our food for the heart? Because during this Easter season, we need to continue to grow in our comfort, in being comfortable in the spiritual realm, as hopefully many of us either deepened or began practices during Lent to help us dive deeper into the spiritual realm, which are the ancient practices of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. So one of the things that we can continue to do during Easter is to continue those practices that have helped deepen our spiritual life, that have helped us be able to become comfortable in the realm of those things that we cannot see, of Jesus's love for us. We're able to make the connection, but only if we're comfortable in the spiritual realm, only if we have faith and trust in him, only if we feel and our feelings don't dictate everything, but only if we remember, okay, and we feel that closeness with Jesus. What happens when we become comfortable in the spiritual realm is that it begins to translate into what we can see, feel, and taste in the physical realm. We don't just see things as they are, but rather we see the realities that lay behind them. Perfect case in point, the Eucharist. Another case in point, reconciliation. How is it possible? It just totally blows my mind. How is it possible that a human person, a priest, no, no ifs, ands, or buts, that's a man that is sitting there in front of us, how is it that he actually is an indicator of the spiritual reality of the person of Christ, of Jesus, sitting there in the confessional as well? Wow, that just totally like blows your mind. But the fact is, is that if we become comfortable in that spiritual realm, which is deeper and greater than the physical realm, then what happens is, is that then the physical realm is deepened and lengthened and is made stronger and is, you know, I mean, it just enhances everything because we can see the realities behind them. Again, coming back to the example of the Eucharist, physical bread, physical wine, but the physical changes when we are able to see with uh, the eyes of our soul, when we're able to see with our hearts. This is why during the Easter season, as we rejoice, as we're sharing that joy, as Mother Teresa told us to, we need to be seeking to increase our faith. We need to be continuing to try and let go of any obstacles, of any woundedness that might be in our minds and hearts so that we are able to perceive with the eyes of faith. So that, you know, I mean, the celebration of the divine mercy is a resurrection of the heart in which we're allowing the Lord to flood our souls with his mercy and love so we can be healed by all of our woundedness. And divine mercy is not just a day. It's not just a day. His divine mercy is available to us any time, any day, anywhere. But 
we have to recognize <clears throat> our need for healing. We have to recognize that we've gotten used to walking around wounded. We've gotten used to thinking that we're fine when fine, and excuse the language here, when fine actually stands for effed up, <laughs> insecure, neurotic, and egotistical. That, by the way, is kudos to Louise Penny and her Armand Gamache, uh, Inspector Armand Gamache books. But the fact is, is that usually when we say we're fine, we're anything but, right? We're anything but. We tend to be effed up. We tend to be feeling insecure. We tend to be feeling neurotic. And usually we're pretty egotistical because it's all about us and relying on ourselves. So the fact is, is that we need God's mercy. We need his healing. And so often we think that we're not in need of it, or worse, we think that we're beyond it. That God is not God. That he can't heal it. That he can't make us whole. W-H-O-L-E. But the fact is, is that nothing is beyond his mercy. Nothing is beyond his power. Nothing is beyond his grace. But when we do our part and believe, just like Thomas eventually did, then we are able to receive that love and that mercy. And we are able to be healed. And we are able to testify to the realities that are behind the realities that can be perceived in the physical world. And we can attest to what is truly real, which is God's love and his mercy. Our food for the hands comes from St. Andrew Kim Tagon. He says, I urge you to remain steadfast in faith so that at last we will all reach heaven and there rejoice together. Being steadfast in our faith just as we were talking about with the reflection, you know, food for the heart. To be steadfast means we need to deepen our faith. We need to increase our faith. And to be steadfast means that we have to be willing to accompany and be present to our friends and our families no matter what. Had the privilege of going to a wedding uh, this last week. And the fact is, is that the vows that we exchange, the vows that we witness to people, a man and a woman exchanging to one another, that they will be, and we know them, we know these vows, that I'll be faithful forever and I'm going to be open to new life with you in sickness and in health, in good times and bad, richer and poorer, until death do us part. This is the kind of steadfastness in faith that we must have in our relationships. Not just with God, but particularly with one another. We need to be steadfast. Why do we need... I mean, a perfect example of this was the apostles, the rest of the apostles, for example, telling Thomas, we were just talking about Thomas, telling Thomas, Jesus arose, he, we saw him. And he's going, nah, don't believe you. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. He didn't trust his friends. And this will happen. 
this will happen in our own lives. Who doesn't trust us about Jesus and his love for them? Lots of people. I'm just talking about how often it is, especially in our family, especially close friends that we dearly love, and they're far away from God and his love for them. But we need to not abandon them. We need to continue to be steadfast in faith for them, on behalf of them. We need to intercede for them so that they have the time and opportunity to be able to become steadfast themselves. When we are obstinate and stubborn and self-reliant, our own friendships are being weakened. When we're refusing to believe or act on anything that someone else tells us. And this usually is what will prevent us from being able to embrace that life of purpose and peace and abundance. And it's because we don't believe our friends. If we truly have cultivated good, true, and beautiful friendships, relationships in which we are able to speak truth with one another, relationships where we're able to love one another through good and bad, in rich and poor, in you know sickness and health, if we have cultivated such relationships, such friendships in our lives, why wouldn't we believe them? Why wouldn't we believe them? Now, of course, there's going to be instances perhaps where someone is kind of off off the deep end a little bit and we have to use a little bit of prudence. But the fact is, is that we need to believe first until we're given a reason to not believe. We need to believe first. And our world doesn't teach us that, does it? Our world teaches us to be skeptics. Our world teaches us not to trust. And Satan loves that. Because we're not believing. And our faith is super shallow. But St. Andrew tells us that if we remain steadfast in faith, then when we get to heaven, we'll be able to rejoice together. And I can't think of a better way to celebrate the reality of Easter than in anticipation of that time when we'll be able to do it for all eternity. Our food for the feet comes from St. Margaret Mary. She tells us, The divine heart is an ocean full of all good things, wherein poor souls can cast all their needs. It is an ocean full of joy to drown all our sadness, an ocean of humility to drown our folly an ocean of mercy to those in distress, an ocean of love in which to submerge our poverty. One of the things that keeps striking, you know, each time that I've read this quote, I'm struck by the divine heart is an ocean. Now, one of my, you know, kind of irrational fears a little bit, or when I think about it, it kind of freaks me out. Um, and, uh, it hasn't prevented me from, you know, going out on the ocean, but, you know, I've even taken, you know, several cruises. But the fact is, is that when I pause to think about the reality that if something was to happen and the ship was to go, was to sink, 
you wouldn't know that it was there because the ocean is so deep and wide and is just so immense. And that is just a glimpse of the divine heart. That's just a glimpse of God's heart for us. It is full of joy so that all of our sadness can be washed away. It's full of humility in order to drown our pride and self-reliance. It's full of mercy for all of our woundedness, for all those who are in distress, for all those who are in need. But it especially is a notion of love, which can take all of what we are lacking in, all our poverty, and can submerge it so that it no longer exists, just his love. God's love is an ocean full of that goodness, and it's a place where we can cast out all our needs. It's where we're able to truly rejoice. And this is where we are able to receive that gift anytime, anywhere. We just need to remember to trust and to abandon our hearts to him who is this ocean of mercy and love come to the water and drink all you are thirsty because it is this ocean of good things this ocean that can fill us and satisfy us forever what better way for us to rejoice than to luxuriate in that and to abandon ourselves to it. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, one of the first things is, is for you to really try to continue in an appropriate way your Lenten resolutions. So for example, if you went to an additional mass, then go and continue to go to an additional mass, but really focusing upon continuing to receive the graces from God um, through his sacraments. The second thing is really be attentive to trust. Trust and surrender. This can be done in a number of different ways. Uh, for many people, they pray the divine uh, chaplet, you know, the novena for uh, divine mercy. And praying the chaplet of divine mercy and really focusing upon Jesus, I trust in you to really grow and increase in your faith is another way that you can continue to really live out this Easter season. And then the final one, is be intentional. Pick somebody, a family member or a friend that really needs the joy that comes from loving God and share it with them. Don't necessarily share the story or witness, but rather witness to them the joy that comes of living in relationship with Jesus. And we do that by being holy, right? So go out, do these things and make the world the springtime of Easter joy and peace and love that it truly is. 
Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.